15, Luke chapter number 15, and um, when you get your place there in Luke chapter number 15, let's, uh, let's, uh, I'll tell you what, let's pray, let's pray. Jesus, I pray now that you'd take us for the next few minutes, and Lord, you know, Lord, you know the message that you've laid on my heart tonight, and God, I pray that you'd help me to be a blessing and an encouragement to these dear people. Lord, they've given up their time on a Sunday night to come out to your house. And Lord, to be in your house tonight, and the last thing that they need to hear is from Cedric. God, what we all need to hear is from you. Lord, I pray that you'd totally take me out of myself tonight. I don't, I don't want to do anything to get in the way of anything. And God, I don't want to do anything that, or say anything that I shouldn't or that you don't want me to. So God, I ask that you would, Lord, you'd take total control of my thought process and my heart and my mind now. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we look at the Scriptures here for the next few minutes. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to walk out of these doors. And Lord, for it to have changed us to be in your house tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. How many of y'all believe that the Word of God is our instruction book? Amen. Amen. You believe that the Bible is, is what we need to live by. And it's not just something that we... Uh, you know, we read and, and we study and we take for granted, but the Bible is, is something that we ought to live by on a daily basis. That's what the Word of God is for. Luke chapter number 15, the Bible says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Now here's what you've got. You've got, you've got the non-religious crowd trying to get to Jesus. Those that... that They've heard about him maybe, but they've never been around him, and they're trying to get to Jesus. And isn't that really what we're having today? There's a lot of people out there today, they don't know Jesus. I mean, we were talking, you know, about how the country is changing before church, and boy, you know, the only thing and the only solution to to all of America's problems and all of the world's problems is held right here in our hands tonight. And if they would just trust Jesus as their Savior, and let the, if the world would let God live and reign in their heart and in their life, boy, it would solve all of our problems. Amen. Amen. The problem is not, uh, is not uh, uh, the president. The problem is not the Senate. The problem is a lack of Jesus. Say amen. So anyway, you've got the non-religious crowd. They, they've heard about Jesus, and they're trying to get to him. And then let's see what happens in verse number 2. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, Well, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Is that not what verse 2 says? That's exactly what happened. Look at it there. It says, The, 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 the non-religious crowd, they were trying to get to Jesus. Then all of a sudden, in steps the religious crowd. I don't know if you've ever met them or not, but here they go something like this. Well, I've been a deacon in this shared church for 87 years, and we ain't never did it like that before. You ever met them? Or I've been a Sunday school teacher in this church for 245 years. Amen. The religious crowd. They're usually the ones that when Jesus has a question about what he wants to do, he always calls them on their cell phone and asks them what should he do next because they have all of the answers. The religious crowd. The Pharisees and scribes murmured, the educated ones. They murmured saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Well, may I ask you this? 
who else would he want to eat with? It's the non-religious crowd that need him the most. Say amen. Well, how did Jesus respond to all of this, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Look down at verse number 3 and let's see what happens, okay? So verse number 3, And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Now we agreed before we started tonight that the Bible is our instruction book, amen? We agreed that it's there for a purpose and it's something that we ought to live by. And if it's something that we ought to live by and we're, and we're called Christians, which means what? Christ-like. Then as this is given an example of a shepherd and he is the shepherd, then we as Christians, we ought to be Christ-like and we ought to apply this to our life also. Now let me tell you what this tells me. I'm thankful for the 99. I'm one of the 99. But I'm glad that Jesus, he cares about the one that got out. Let me, let me start by asking this. How many, how many years has Keitha Heights Church been here? Does anybody know? A long time. More than 30 years. About 30 years. Has anybody been a member of Keitha Heights Baptist Church for more than 20 years? Raise your hand. Anybody? Anybody at all? Has anybody been a member of Keitha Heights Baptist Church for more than 10 years? Raise your hand. All right, we've got one or two down here, a couple down here. All right, have any of y'all been a member of Keitha Heights Baptist Church for more than two years? Raise your hand. All right, here we go. A lot of us been in this church for more than two years. A few more than 10 years. Miss Evelyn, I want to ask you a question. Have there been, in the 10 years plus that you've been here, have there been some members of Keitha Heights Baptist Church, members that used to go to church here, oh, they still live in town. They're not going to church anywhere now, but they're not at Keitha Heights Baptist Church anymore. Have there been some members, look here, those of you that's been here for more than two years, have there been some members that's been here, they were here two years ago or a year ago, and they're no longer here? You know some people? Boy, when I say that, some, some faces run across your, fa- your, across your mind or a name comes across your mind. You know what? I look around and you know what I see? I see there's been some sheep that have gotten out since this morning. This morning we had a house full. This morning we had as many over here as we've got over here tonight. There have been some sheep, some members and some, some, uh, uh, some of the members of Keitha Heights Baptist Church, and they're not in church tonight. They are the sheep that have gotten out. 
I'm thankful for the 99. I'm glad God loves the 99. But you know what I think he's more concerned about? Is the one that got out. Now let me ask you this. Does anybody here live on a farm? You can talk back to me. Anybody live on a farm? Have any goats, cows, horses, chickens, hogs, rabbits, anything? Anybody got any animals at home? All right, anybody got any dogs or cats at home? Okay, I know you've got a dog. You're telling me about your dog today. You've got three dogs. What, what, do, y'all, what do y'all have? Dogs and two cats. Dog and two cats. I'm so sorry y'all have cats. What a blessing. I love cats. I love cats. A little red sauce or white sauce with broccoli and rice. They're so good. Amen. Amen. What a blessing. Amen. No, but listen at this. If your dog gets out or your cat gets out or one of your puppies get out, what do we do? You know, you look around the neighborhood. You'll look in the yard. You'll scour the neighborhood. And if you don't find them, you know what you'll find yourself doing before long? You'll find yourself knocking on doors, asking if they've seen your little puppy. See, it's not that we're afraid to knock on doors. It's not that we're afraid to talk to people. It's just what are we knocking on doors and talking to people about? That's the problem. We're not scared to talk to people. You let your little puppy dog get out. You let your kitten get out of the house. You let your favorite prize uh, pet get, out, get away from you. You will scour your neighborhood. You'll walk up and down the streets. You'll knock on doors and you'll talk to people and you will try to find your lost pet. You know why? Because you love that pet. I don't know how it is around here, but we travel the country a lot, and many places that we go, we will see signs put up on, on a fence post. We'll see them on the, on the red light sign that holds the red light up or back of stop signs or down at Walmart. And if they've lost their puppy, they'll put a sign up that looks something like this. Y'all, do they do that around here in Missouri? They'll do this. They'll put up a sign that says, Lost puppy. Isn't my puppy cute? And it says, If found, call Cedric and I give my phone number. <clears throat> People will do that and they'll put up, you know, 15, 20, 150, 200 of these signs all around town because they're looking for that lost puppy. Now, I wonder what it would be like tonight if we cared as much for our brothers and sisters in Christ who have gotten out of the house of God as we do our own puppies. I wonder what it would be like tonight if we come down to the church and we said, Brother Greg, do you mind if I use the copy machine? And we took a picture of our church member that was lost. Church member that had gotten out of the house of God. And we run off about 200 copies of this. And we put a picture, put their picture all over town. Lost church member, if found, call pastor. And put the pastor's phone number on. Now, I'm not suggesting that you do that, but I think that would be funny. Say amen. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how they would take that. And you don't tell them Cedric said, but if you'd done that, that'd be quite funny. Say amen. amen. But here's the thing. Here's the point tonight. Why do we care more about our lost puppies than we do our lost brothers and sisters in Christ? Why do we care more about our puppy that got away and got out of the fence and got out of the care as we do we don't, our, we don't care for the church members? 
hey, I know how it is. I know how it is. We live in a real world. We have things that go on, and sometimes personality, personality conflicts, and things will happen in life. And, you know, maybe someday somebody walks, out of this, walks down this aisle and walks out that door. They get in a car. They get in a vehicle. They drive off the property, and we never see them at the house of God again. Do you care like the shepherd cares? Do you care for those that have gotten out of the fold? Do you care for those who have gotten away from your local independent Baptist church? What man of you, verse number 4, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he had find it? And when he had found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. Now listen, the shepherd, you know what the shepherd does? I've heard this told many times again when the shepherd, when he would find that lost sheep, he would lay that sheep, that sheep on his shoulders and there was a custom in those days they would break the legs of that sheep so that that sheep would stay close to the shepherd. Now I don't suggest you go break your fellow church members' legs, or amen, or necessarily knock on their door and reach over and grab them and throw them over your shoulder and bring them back to the house of God. But what I do suggest is this, that we simply love those who are our brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to love each other. We need to care about those. And if we had as much care and concern for our brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, sometimes it's just a simple fact of maybe they feel like nobody cares. Maybe they feel like nobody misses me. You know, sometimes the cares of this life just overtake people and they just need to know that somebody cares. Let me tell you this. Y'all heard Titus tonight play and sing, I'm an old man and I'm going to die probably in the next 10 years, probably if I don't change my ways, say my eating habits, say amen. But you know, I hope that wherever Titus winds up in church, that if the devil ever sells him a wooden nickel or the devil ever tempts him or he ever gets out of the house of God, I hope that there will be somebody in that local church that would go knock on his door and say, Titus, we've been missing you at the, at the church. I hope there would be somebody that would care for my son. And if it's your loved one tonight, you would hope that somebody would care for them. If it was your brother or your sister or your child or your grandchild or your mom or your daddy, you would want somebody to care about them. You would want somebody to step out of their comfort zone and walk up to their door, knock on their door and say, hey, we've been missing you. It's just not the same when you're not at God's house. That's how we all are. We want somebody to care for our loved ones. Why don't we care for those that maybe nobody else will care for? Why don't we just step out of our comfort zone? Why don't we treat that lost church member, that church member that's lost, and I'm not talking about lost not knowing uh, uh, Jesus as their Savior. I'm talking about the, the, the church member that stepped out of the fold. They've gotten out of the pasture. They've gotten out of the fence. They've gone away from, from the shepherd, and they're wandering around lost. That's who I'm talking about tonight. Does anybody care? Why do we care more about our puppies and our dogs and our cats than we do our lost church members? You know what I say that we ought to do tonight? You may have their cell phone number. Why don't you call them on the way home tonight? 
and just let them know, hey, I've been missing you at church lately. Boy, it's just not the same since you're not here. Or maybe they sat across over here tonight, or, or this morning they were sitting over here, and you can look over and you see, okay, I know so-and-so, and they were not here tonight. Why don't you just pick up the phone or go by their house on your way home from church tonight, knock on the door or call them and say, hey, I missed you at church tonight. You know, the preaching wasn't much, but we sure had a good time in God's house. Just let them know that it's important to be in God's house. Just put your arm around them and say, hey, we love you and we miss you when you're not there. You know, there's a lot of people don't come to church on Wednesday nights. When's the last time you cared enough about them to go put your arm around them and say, hey, we have a good time in God's house on Wednesday nights. Why don't you come back? I think that we just need to care about those which have gotten out. Amen? Now let's look on down verse number 8. Verse number 8, the Bible says, Even what woman, or either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Let me say this. Tonight I want you to think about that one that is lost. Their soul is valuable. Their soul is precious. Your soul is precious. My soul is precious. All souls are precious in the eyes of God. But this lady here, she obviously had lost something that was very precious to her. If you had silver today and it was lost, that would be something precious for you to find. Amen? It was of value to her, and I'm sure that she probably... I'm sure that she... She uh, was looking around the house, and there, there was no electricity in those days. What's the first thing the Bible says that she done? Somebody tell me, what's the first thing she done in verse number 8? What'd she do? She lit a candle. You know what she done? She grabbed her candle. Y'all see my candle here? This is what the first thing she done. When she knew there was something that was lost, she grabbed her candle, and she started looking. Maybe she would pick up things and she'd look on underneath there. She might look underneath here behind things in dark places. She was looking in dark places. Say amen. She was looking for that which was lost and she would pull out the furniture maybe. She'd shine her light in the dark places and she was looking all around. She was looking where there was no light. She had her light and she was looking all in the places here where it was dark and she was looking for that which was valuable and was precious to her. Don't the Bible teach us over there in the book of Matthew that we ought to light our gospel candle? Turn with me over to Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5. Look at it with me. Matthew chapter number 5 says verse number 14, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let me say this. It's time that we as Christians, we get back to lighting our gospel candle. It's time that we take America back. It's time that we become unashamed of the Holy Spirit, unashamed of Jesus Christ, and we need to light our gospel candle in a dark world. Say amen. 
That's what we're to do. I'm glad you've got a pastor that does that. But you know what? We as the members of Keitha Heights Baptist Church, it is not only his responsibility to do that and to lead us, but it is every one of our responsibility in this building tonight to take and light our gospel candle and take the gospel to a lost and dying world, finding that which is lost. Go back with me now to Luke chapter number 15. Luke chapter number 15. What was the second thing that this lady done? After she lit her candle, what did she do? She swept the house. How many of y'all have ever raised children before? You give them a broom and it's like they lose all common sense whatsoever. Say amen. They'll sweep a little bit here. They'll sweep a little bit there. They see something over here. They sweep it. All they do is just move dirt around the house. Making no headway whatsoever. Say amen. But if I were going to come in this building today, I'd probably start back over here in this corner and I would do a clean sweep all the way through and sweep it out the front door. When's the last time that you've thought about lighting your candle and you've done a clean sweep around your town, around your neighborhood, around your community, around your family, and you've done a clean sweep with the gospel of Jesus Christ around those that you come in contact with? I believe it's time that we just do a clean sweep. Say amen. Then the, the last thing there, the verse number 8, it says that she sought diligently until she found it. She just simply did not give up. She didn't give up. She didn't find it the first day. She kept looking. She didn't find it two or three days later. She kept looking. Say amen. She kept looking for that which was lost until she found it. Folks, let me tell you this. We cannot give up on God. We cannot give up on people. We cannot give up on giving the gospel and taking the gospel to a lost and dying world. The problem in our churches today is we have given up. The problem in our churches today is we know it's not a matter of do we know what to do. We just think it's somebody else's responsibility. Amen? When you know the truth of the matter is it's all of our responsibility to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. Look there with me. And it says and in verse number 9, And when she had found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Now, if you look back in Luke chapter number 5, Luke chapter number 5, I want you to read with me. I'm going to read starting in verse number 27. Luke 5, 27. And after these things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, follow me. And he left all, rose up, and followed him. And Levi made him, Jesus, a great feast at his own house. And there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. But their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answering said unto them, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Folks, that says it all right there. We need to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. 
It's up to us. I'm glad we're part of the 99. I'm glad you're here tonight. But those out there need this more than we do. We need it, but they need it more. We need to put our focus out here. The ministry of Keitha Heights Baptist Church is not what goes on within the four walls that we sit. The ministry of Keitha Heights Baptist Church is far-reaching, far greater than these four walls. That's what the ministry of this church is here for. I'm thankful that we can come. I'm thankful we can get fed. I'm thankful that we can learn and we can grow. But then we're not to just sit, soak, and sour. We're to take what we learn and we're to walk out of these doors. And that is our mission field. The mission field is not just over in Bolivia and in the Philippines and in Indonesia and in Taiwan. But the Philippines is right across the street from this church. Our mission field is right in this community. And it's not just up to your pastor to do that. We all ought to do that. You know, you, you let a storm come through town. We'll talk to people about the tornadoes in Walmart. We'll talk to people about how long we were without electricity. We'll talk to total strangers about it. But yet then we clam up when it comes time to talk about Jesus. I'm going to challenge you to do this tonight. Back in the back, back there, there are some gospel tracks. I want you to go by and get you some gospel tracks, and this is what I want you to do this week. Every person in here, I want you to load up with gospel tracks. Get you 5, 6, 12, 15, 25 gospel tracks apiece. Put them in your pocket. Put them in your purses. Put them in the door of your car. You know that little cubby hole down there in the door of the car? Put you some in there and be ready to tell somebody about Jesus. Everybody we come in contact is a prospect for us to tell about Jesus. We were today at at the restaurant, and I asked the lady when she was checking us out, I said, has anybody, her name was Megan, I said, Megan, has anybody ever told you that Jesus loves you? And she said, yeah, I know he does. I said, well, how do you know that he does? She said, well, she started, went into the story of how She grew up in a Baptist church and now she goes to this other church and her family was all in this church and and she told us all about it. But you know what? More than being a church member, do you know that Jesus Christ is your Savior? You know, it is our responsibility to take the gospel to a lost and dying world. It's our responsibility. You know, here's some ways you can do that. When you go to Walmart, how many of y'all shop at Walmart? I love Walmart. A lot of people don't. I love Walmart. You can go right down there to the bread aisle. You can go over there to where they sell the bread. Do y'all, do y'all have honey wheat, uh, that nature's own honey wheat bread here? Do, y'all sell, do they sell nature's own around here? We like the nature's own. You can walk up to somebody at the bread, the, at the bread section. You see them reaching up to grab the, the uh, uh, nature's own. And you just ask them, say, hey, does that nature's own, is it pretty good? And they'll, they'll usually shake their head and say, yeah. You can say, well, I found a bread that's better than nature's own. And every time they'll go, really, what's better than nature's own? And they've opened the door for you to tell them about Jesus, the bread of life. Let me give you this track right there. Let me give you that, and it'll tell you inside there exactly what you have to do to know that you can go to heaven when you die. You can go to the toothpaste aisle. Somebody's standing there in front of the Colgate section. They're looking around trying to find, do they want the whitening or they want the fresh mint or what kind of toothpaste they want. And when you walk up and you can say to them, hey, does that Colgate, does it whiten pretty good? 
And usually they'll say, well, I found it whitens my teeth pretty good. You can say, well, let me give you this and tell you about Jesus. He'll whiten better than Colgate. He'll wash all your sins whiter than snow. We just need to take them the gospel, say amen. We need to find ways to talk to them. Hey, I like to do this. You walk up in a restaurant or you're somewhere and you, somebody's got a name tag on. Not long ago I was in an electrical supply company and um, I was checking out at the register and uh, the guy's name was Adam. The, the teen, he, he looked to be probably late teens, early 20s, and his name was Adam. <clears throat> and I said, hey, Adam, how you doing today? And he said, I'm doing good. I said, Adam, do you know where your name came from? you know where you got your name? And he said, well, my, my great-grandpa was named Adam and my, my parents named me after my great-grandpa. I'm like, no, buddy, it wasn't your great-grandpa that you were named after. I said, let me tell you about Adam. I said, Adam was the first man that God ever created on the face of this earth. He turned all blood red and got all embarrassed. But I was able to stand there for a few minutes and I was able to share with him about Jesus and what Jesus Christ can do for a soul. Not long ago, or actually two years ago, last year, we were out in, out in Arizona. And we were with a pastor, uh, uh, Brother Mark Chapel. We were at his church. And uh, we were sitting there at a restaurant, and it was a kind of soup and salad kind of place. And uh, I had asked a question about something that they were selling there. If it had something, I forget exactly what I was asking so they sent the manager out to talk to me. And the manager walked up and I noticed his name tag. And it was a name that I knew and I knew something about. And it was a name that I recognized from the Word of God. And he walked up. I said, Jesus, how you doing? His name was Jesus. He goes, no, it's Jesus. I'm like, no, your name is Jesus. I said, let me tell you about Jesus. Do you know who Jesus is? And the man pulled up, Jesus pulled up a chair and he sat with us at the table for about 20 minutes and we were able to share with him what Jesus could do for Jesus. Amen? Amen. The, the thing is this, do we look for opportunities to tell people about Jesus? Do we look for ways that we can share the gospel? Are we looking for people we can tell about Jesus? Hey, they're all around us. Here's my challenge. I told you you're going to get, get you some tracks tonight before you leave. Here's what I want you to do. I want you within yourself to simply do this. In a few minutes, Tanya's going to make her way to the piano. I'm going to ask you to stand. And I'd like to, Titus, come, come get your, right now, Titus, come get these, get these instruments and move them uh, back to the back row or back there underneath the table or something. And I want you to make your way to an old-fashioned altar. You can come and, and uh, use an altar here. Or you, if you can't kneel, you can come and sit in the front seat of here. I believe that it's good for us to make a move and to move and say, Lord, I'm taking a step. I want to I make a commitment to you, Lord, that I'm going to do something this week. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to simply do this. As you make your way in a few minutes to the altar or to these chairs, and I want you to simply say this to the Lord as you pray and say, Lord, I know I'm not much. I know I don't have all the answers. But God, if you'll put somebody in front of me this week, I'll tell them about you. God, I'll be looking for somebody to tell about you. And God, if you will put somebody in front of me, I will give them a track and I will tell them what you've done for me. Now let me tell you what's going to happen when you do that. 
you're going to get out of your car at Walmart. This happened to me not long ago. I stepped out of my out of a church van, and we were at Walmart, and I closed the door, and as I turned, there was a man standing right there. And he said, is there a goodwill in town? I said, you know, I don't know. I'm just visiting here in town. I said, I'm a missionary. We're just here with this church. And I read the name of the church on the, on the van there, and I said, I don't know. But I said, let me, tell you, let me tell you where heaven is. I don't know where the goodwill is, but let me tell you about heaven. And I was able to give that man a gospel track and share with him the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're going to be, if you'll do that and you'll say, God, will you put somebody in front of me that I can tell about you? You're going to be sitting in your recliner this week. And somebody's going to knock on your door and they're going to be two streets over from where they are supposed to be and they're going to wind up knocking on your door looking for somebody else. And that's going to be your one and I want you to be ready. If you'll pray and ask Jesus to put somebody in front of you that you can tell about him, Jesus is going to send them to you. I don't think for one minute that if we get on our knees and say, God, will you send somebody to me and put somebody in front of me that I can tell about you, I don't think God's going to look down from over heaven and go, Nope, I don't want you telling anybody about me this week. So if the problem is not Jesus, the problem must be us. We just don't make ourselves available. As Tanya comes, she's going to begin to play. And if you would, I want you to go ahead and stand. And uh, why, don't you just, why don't you just say, Lord, use me this week to make a difference in somebody's life. Use me this week, Lord, to tell somebody about you. As you move, <clears throat> some are coming. You can go ahead and come. That's right. Just make your way out of your seat. If you can stand here... Th-